Awesome. Morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Enjoying the summer, enjoying the warm weather? Good stuff. One more time for the uh, worship team. That was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my name is Jason. Uh, I am the uh, treasurer, as it says there, but we're not going to talk about money today. We're going to talk about something a little bit more upbeat, maybe uh, talk about comedy. Uh, So I'll start you off with just a little bit of a dad joke. Uh, Why did Brian, why did everyone look weirdly at Brian when he started eating the chips? Because he was at a poker game, of course. Um, so my, my siblings and I, we used to play uh, lots of card games throughout the summer. One of our favorite card games was a game called War. Uh, the rules aren't wildly important, but uh, the Joker was the most powerful card in the deck. And uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, the Joker even beats the king. And uh, this is the case for a, a few different games, not just the game that we were playing called War. Um, but, you know, why does the, the Joker beat the king? That's one of the questions I want you to keep in the back of your mind. We're going to talk about that just a little bit, and we'll come back to the Joker actually later in the, the, the chat there. Uh, there's nothing really less funny than explaining why a joke is funny, but, you know, that's what this sermon is about. So please try and, try and enjoy yourself. Try and laugh along if you can. Um, you know, comedy's not not uh, an art form that we typically think of when we think of art, you know, the, the summer series on faith and art, you don't maybe typically think that comedy would fit into that sermon series, but um, I would argue that it is a, a form of art. I would argue that, uh, you know, comedians, they have to practice and refine and hone their craft. Uh, they write out the jokes with intentionality. They'll Uh, you know, do lots of small little gigs to test out those jokes, see which ones get a laugh, see which ones don't, Uh, and then, only then, do they get the big Netflix special if they're lucky, right? There's lots that goes into comedy, uh, just like other art forms. Uh, I would argue, even kind of calling back to one of Lane's sermons, that comedy is maybe even just a really low uh, form of poetry, uh, a form of poetry that just doesn't take itself too seriously. And, um, well, it's a really common art form. You know, I would say that pretty much everybody in this room probably uses humor and comedy multiple times per day. You know, uh, the average adult laughs 17 times per day. And with kids, it can be up to, uh, some studies put it at 100 or even 300 times per day. Kids are just laughing machines. Sometimes there, there doesn't even have to be a joke for them to laugh. <laughs> yeah, they'll laugh at anything. Um, you've heard some of these sayings before. Laughter is the best medicine. Laughter is the universal language. No matter what culture or language you speak, you know, uh, maybe there were some people laughing in, in Honduras while the uh, missions team was over there. Um, but you understand what a laugh means, no matter where you come from. Um, everyone understands a laugh. Some animals have even been shown to laugh. Uh, a good sense of humor consistently ranks as, as one of the most important things when we're looking for a spouse. You know, we just we want somebody that we can laugh with, somebody that doesn't take life too seriously, because that's no fun at all, really. Um, 
But I want to, I want to, you know, there's plenty of benefits. There's plenty of awesome stuff we could say about humor and comedy and health benefits towards laughing, uh, you know, gut health and stuff like that that people talk about. But uh, I want to go in decidedly a different direction. I want to talk about something that's maybe not front of mind when we think about comedy. You know, maybe it's not just entertainment. Um, comedy has maybe a bit of a dark side. It can be vulgar. Comedians can use profanity, you know. Uh, some of this stuff, some of the topics that they speak about are, you know, pretty heavy topics, pretty serious stuff. Politics, uh, sex, uh, you know, bathroom talk, airplane food, all very serious stuff, all very, uh, very serious stuff, you know. But, you know, you may have heard those words vulgar and, uh, and profane before, but what did they actually mean, right? Uh, the, the words have a negative connotation today to describe comedy, but they didn't always have a negative connotation. Uh, so the, the word vulgar uh, comes from, I don't know if you can see that, it's not very, it's just a screenshot of my computer. Anyways, uh, vulgus, the Latin word vulgus, meaning common people. Kind of interesting. Uh, you may have heard of the Latin translation of the Bible. Anybody know the name for the Latin translation of the Bible? The Vulgate, yeah. What does that mean? Common speech. That's the name of their translation of the Bible, the Bible there. Uh, what about profane? Well, profanity has religious ties, believe it or not. Uh, the word profane comes from Latin as well. Pro meaning before and phanum meaning temple. So essentially before the temple or outside the temple. Really just the opposite of sacred. Not something that uh, maybe you would have thought of right off the bat, but you know, comedians talk about these topics, these controversial topics, maybe because they're available, maybe because they're normal, they're ordinary, they're common, they're uh, outside the temple, they're just available, right? They're, they're in everyday uh, speech. But should we talk about such things? And should we joke about such things? Well, I want to do uh, a little bit of an asterisk, a little bit of an aside here. I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a bad joke or uh, poorly timed, poorly placed, poorly delivered joke. You'll probably see a couple of those up here today. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe, just maybe, there's no topic that we can't explore using comedy. Maybe God gives us comedy as a tool that we can use to explore some of these serious topics that we wouldn't otherwise be comfortable talking about. Maybe laughter is a gift from God. Definitely laughter is a gift from God. Um, last week, Sarah asked Shelley if all music was good music, and I think you can ask the same question here. Is all comedy, is all humor good comedy? And the answer is yes and no, right? It's not, it's not simple, you know, all of it is, uh, you know, comes from this beautiful place of God giving laughter to us, um, but people can pervert comedy. I'm not, not ignoring that, I'm not looking the other way on that, uh, but 
you know, I, I want to dive deeper into this. Uh, a really important rule in comedy, and you, you may know this, you may not have heard this rule, but it is a rule, is that uh, a joke is only funny if it's funny, right? <laughs> it, it, it's only funny if people laugh. So if it's a mean joke, well, it's not a funny joke, okay? Um, and the other thing, before I finish my asterisks here, my aside, is that uh, just because we're joking about something doesn't mean we're making light of it or making little of it or putting it down. Um, maybe, maybe quite the opposite, actually. Maybe uh, if Aristotle is to believe humor is the only test of gravity and gravity of humor for a subject which will not bear raillery, otherwise teasing, is suspicious. And a jest which will not bear serious examination is false wit. So gravity in this sense is, you know, do, what do we care about? What's important to us? What do we think about? What do we, uh, what do we, well, yeah, what do we care about? Um, you know, God, uh, sorry, give me one second here. Yeah, what this means is that if something is funny, then that's proof that it's important to us. We care about it. And if something is uh, th that we care about, then that's proof that it's probably funny. Maybe we haven't thought of how it could be funny yet, but, but it's probably funny. Now, in preparation for my sermon, the argument came up that uh, there's all kinds of observ observational humor and, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld jokes about things that are, you know, pretty benign, like uh, waiting in line or stuff like toothpaste, you know, like stuff that you wouldn't think is like, oh, that's a grave thing, that's, a, that's an important thing, that's something that I care about. Um, I'm not going to tell you who told me they don't care about toothpaste, but if you do talk to Pastor Alvin later, just give him some space. Yeah, yeah. No, we do care about that stuff. The idea here is, is that gravity is not you know, necessarily meaning we've intentionally thought for a long time about toothpaste. This is probably the most you guys have thought about toothpaste, like, ever. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it means that it's available, just like those vulgar and profane words. It's common, it's around, we use it twice a day, hopefully. Yes? Yeah? Yeah. So everybody's using toothpaste. We do care about toothpaste. Okay? So... If, if the argument, and the argument that I'm making one of them is that uh, maybe there's no such thing as a topic that we can't joke about. Um, that's, that's not a, a common uh, idea in this, in this day and age right now. But, so I want to explore sort of why. Why is there uh, maybe no topic that can't be explored through humor, that can't be mocked or joked about or laughed about? Why does Aristotle say that if a subject can't stand up to teasing, then it's suspicious? Well, let's go back to why does the joker beat the king? The, uh, the joker or the court jester is pictured here, uh, had a very important role. It's actually an interesting uh, you know, story about the jester because... Uh, it wasn't just kings that employed jesters. It was actually uh, a lot more common to have a jester than you might think. 
noblemen, anybody who had some wealth would often have a jester. Uh, and cross-culturally too, not just in Europe, but also in China, uh, India, countries in Africa, even indigenous people in North America have a character that could be likened to a sort of court jester, uh, a person who attends religious and, and important ceremonies, but for more of a mocking purpose than a participatory purpose. So why is court jester, you know, so common, right? What does the, the court jester do? Well, the court jester wasn't simply for entertainment purposes. It wasn't just to joke around and, and have a good time at the gala or something like that. Um, having a court jester, well, you know, the court jester was seen as almost the uh, other side of the coin, the same coin as the king. Very complementary role. Uh, that's why there's often their, their dress is very similar. Obviously, the jester is sort of mocking the king with his dress. You think of a, a joker with the, uh, the crown of bells. You know, that's, you know, jesting at the crown that the king wears. We see a really weird-looking scepter or moreau here with the, uh, you know, the head carved on the top. Oftentimes, I, I, I read that uh, the head would be uh, likened to the image of the king that was ruling of the day, you know, so the, the jester could kind of poke fun directly at the stick, right, or, or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's very king-like garb, and the jester was a pretty serious role in some ways. Um, the jester's privilege is a term that refers to the jester's ability to uh, mock and joke freely without fear of uh, you know, repercussions, punishment for what he said. Now, was that always upheld? Not, not always, uh, but that's the idea. The jester is sort of above the law in some real sense that they can make fun of the king. Uh, Martin Luther himself compared, called himself the jester of the Catholic Church. He took that term pretty seriously, as seriously as you can take a joking jester's term. Um, so the, one of the key roles of the jester or the joker was to be a canary in the coal mine, sort of, uh, you know, point to the things that the, the king was doing that nobody really liked, right? To speak truth to power in some ways. So you can imagine if the jester is making jokes and in the room full, full, full of people, then uh, everybody laughs except for the king. Well, that's, that's your issue. That's where your heart might not be right with God. You know, uh, in what ways are we like the tyrannical king where uh, if the topic is, is joked about of us, then uh, we expel that uh, joker from, from the courtroom and have him beheaded or something, right? Uh, personal example is that uh, board games for me. Board games, I take them way too seriously, you know, poker games, card games, uh, games of war throughout the summer. And so uh, this was made very apparent to me by my family. Uh, we were playing probably a year or two ago, playing a game called, uh, was it like Monopoly Cheaters Edition or Cheaters Monopoly, right? In Cheaters Monopoly, I'm a rule follower, okay? There's rules on how you can cheat. <laughs> Okay, there are. 
you get the card, it's a challenge, okay? You cheat in that way. If you, win, if you, you don't get caught, then you get to keep the spoils of that cheating. So fine, I agreed to that, that's good. And then, near the, not what was, what ended up to be the end of the, the game, uh, Morgan decided, my wife decided, oh, I'm just gonna cheat. Uh, I'm just gonna take all the $500 uh, Monopoly money bills there, and uh, there you go. Can't say, uh, you know, uh, I did anything wrong because we're playing Cheaters Monopoly. My family thought it was funny, and that was the end of the game, and we didn't play games for six months, my wife and I. So <laughs> that was, for me, the court jester. That was, uh, I needed to do some soul searching. So, yeah, yeah. So that's my challenge to us today. One of my challenges is in what ways, what topics do we declare off limits for our friends and family? In what ways are we like that tyrannical king? You can't say amen, you ought to say ouch. So the reason that we like comedians is because they can tell the truth in a creative way. The closer that they get to, you know, a relatable topic of, you know, for me, marriage, raising a family, maybe it's the show that you just watched or... Uh, you know, a, a job that you have, a, a career-specific joke, the more we relate to that joke, the more we grab our stomachs, the more we, you know, keel over laughing, the more our face tightens up and our laughter grows louder, we're shrieking for relief from the truth, in a way. Does that look like someone who's enjoying themselves or maybe being a little bit electrocuted? I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's what it looks like when the truth hurts, when the truth sur uh, surprises us. I want to play a little bit of a, a quick game called Laugh or Cry. So we're going to show you a bunch of pictures really quick, just instinctually yell it out, laugh or cry, okay? What do you see here? Uh, we're going to flip through these really quick, okay? So laugh. what do you got? Okay, some laugh. 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 Okay. Cry. Good. <laughs> Did you know that horses could laugh? There you go. That's a truth you guys were not ready to hear. Okay. Probably nobody would have agreed with me. Maybe, maybe half of you will agree with me that horses can laugh now. I don't know. But uh, that was the, that was the uh, sermon illustration there. So is this what it looks like when the truth hurts, right? Uh, is humor just a distraction? Is it just entertainment? Or is there some real value in it? Uh, you know, does, does uh, humor, does comedy expose flaws in the way that we're thinking when maybe we joke about, uh, uh, you know, a joke, or we laugh at a joke that we don't fundamentally agree with? You know, um, think of that topic for yourself. What do you not agree with? Maybe there's a joke out there that you would laugh at. G.K. Chesterton says, humor can get under the door while seriousness is still fumbling at the handle. That's, uh, it, was, it was very real probably over the last two or three years about, uh, uh, you know, during the lockdowns and everything, everybody's armor was sort of up, right? The only way you could sort of make a new friend or talk to somebody that you didn't know was by kind of being funny, making a quick joke about 
how things were going or, or just anything, right? Uh, it, was, it was tough times, but uh, humor sort of made it bearable. So if uh, Aristotle is to believe is the most important thing, the thing that we care about most, is that the most funny thing? Maybe, maybe. So what's funny about God? What's funny about Jesus? Well, I want to do a little bit of a a thought experiment. I'm going to read some scripture and try and frame it in a way that maybe Jesus was employing a little bit of humor here. Maybe he was saying some stuff that was funny and not strictly serious, straight-faced. Let's read Matthew 7, 3 to 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, oh, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Was that, was that full seriousness? Was Jesus maybe being a little bit funny there? A little bit facetious? Maybe. Let's try one more. Matthew 19, 24. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now that's a full-on hyperbole. That's, that's got to be a joke. That's not, you're not saying that to anybody just straight-faced. Yeah, no camel can fit through the eye of a needle. Everybody knows that. This is funny. I'm telling you, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be. Do you think Jesus laughed? Do you think he told jokes? I think so. I think probably. Um, We got some time, so I'm going to do something I wasn't sure if I was going to do. Let me read from uh, a translation of the Bible that's really, really funny. Uh, Now, uh, yeah, okay, I'll just just leave it at that. Uh, Hawaiian pigeon. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) All right, so 1 Corinthians, uh, see if you can tell, if you can remember the verse in the uh, way that we normally say it. But God, when picked a people, that other people from this world, think they low, low, because he going to make the smart people come shame, that's why. And the people that look just like they not strong here, Inside this world, God picked them because he going to make the strong, kind people come shame too. He picked a people that no mo big name here inside this world. And the kind other people make fun of and those that no mean nothing to nobody. God going to use them for make the people that think they it come just like nothing. Yes, it's hard, it's hard to flow with that. But uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> maybe, maybe God and maybe the Bible can be a little bit funny. Maybe we can embrace humor. Maybe God has a sense of humor. I think so. I think that's why he sent the king of the universe to be born in a stable. Pretty unexpected. I think that's why uh, his messenger, God's messenger Jonah, 
was uh, you know, running away from his duty to go talk to Nineveh, was swallowed up by a big fish, and spit out three days later on the shores of where he needed to be, sort of foreshadowing the crucifixion and resurrection in like the weirdest way possible. Um, I think that God has a sense of humor, and that's why uh, you know, the whole story of Abraham and Sarah came to place, you know, where Abraham says, hey, honey, we're going to have a baby in our 90s. Hey, honey, God told me to cut off some bits of myself and all the other guys in the camp. (laughs) Hey, honey, you know, God told me to sacrifice our only son, you know. I don't blame Sarah for laughing at God. These are the the wild rides that God can take us on uh, when we're when we're, uh, you know, paying attention and listening to God. And yes, I know that Sarah was punished for laughing, uh, you know, but I'm not saying that we should lose faith in God and laugh at God. But maybe, just maybe, we should, uh, we should um, you know, maintain our faith and fully... Oh, missed one. Maintain our faith and fully enjoy the wild and hilarious, truth-filled ride that God has in store for us. I, uh, I should go back and read 1 Corinthians in uh, plain English, so let's do that really quickly. Uh, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak, weak things of the world to shame the strong. And God cho- chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Maybe comedy is foolish. Maybe, maybe it's so foolish that God can even use it. Co- comedy is one of the most common, base, vulgar, uh, profane, ordinary art forms that there is. And if that's the case, maybe it has some real utility in it. Maybe God can use it. Maybe he can uh, show us truths that we aren't ready for or we aren't open to. I mean, that's really what we're called to do in the Great Commission is to expose the world to truths that they're not ready for. Maybe in our, uh, you know, maybe our comedy is so uh, common and useful. Maybe when we spread the gospel, we could be a little more hilarious and maybe our humor could be a little more gospel-centered. Maybe we can employ comedy and humor in our spreading of the gospel. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Let's let's pray. Uh, Oh, this is not the prayer I wanted to do. That's okay. I have it written down here. Uh, Lord, thank you for the gift of laughter. Let's pray. Grant us good humor that is aligned with your will and your truth. Allow us to enjoy life, not in spite of its wild and unpredictable nature, but because of it. We confess, I confess, that I can be a tyrant at times. Please soften my heart. Bring people into our lives that will joke, not simply for entertainment, but to help us see ourselves better. God, inspire us with your humor when we discuss weighty topics and try to spread the gospel. 
God, thank you for laughter and thank you that you have a sense of humor. Amen.